0: welcome back happy to welcome back to the program Pat Ronan from father bills in Maine spring to provide us a little bit of an update as to what's been happening there and what's going to be happening in the uh, near future so Pat great to see you again thanks for coming over really nice to see you thanks so much for having me back
1: I think it was november or or it was definitely uh colder last time i saw you yeah Yeah. for
0: sure and a lot has happened actually since last time you've been here um the yankee housing resource center was just a wood stick frame at the time i think and it's uh just about done now yeah it's pretty incredible looking at we've, we've been trying to take photos every
1: month of the progress and to think that like not that long ago you know the frame was coming up and you know even earlier than that the concrete for the foundation was going down uh going in so yeah uh, as you said we are almost there uh we're slated to open for operation at the yaki housing resource center in october okay which was uh, a couple months behind our original date we've had some um you know just like any big construction project there are some delays and we had a transformer we were waiting for um and so we are we we are confident we're ready to go that Mm -hmm. october is going to be the opening and we're thrilled because this is a new model We think this is going to really change the way that a community addresses homelessness and uh, primarily that's through getting uh, ahead of the crisis and helping people before they even need to come to shelter
0: it's prevention right it's prevention first it's it's much like uh, taking care of your health you don't want to get sick you want to take care of it before you get sick right so take care of folks before they end up on the street that's the model definitely and that is
1: new that's a new model that we've been We've actually introduced it uh, over the last couple years yeah. with a new department called our triage department. So instead of just the traditional overnight shelter where someone comes to us at 4.30, 5 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and stays, they get a bed, they get a meal, and then in the morning, 7.30 a.m., they have to leave for the right. day. That's what we were funded for, um, so that's what we based our program, programs on um through best practices about over a decade ago we started looking at changing that model and creating this housing resource center delivery model so we would still offer the overnight shelter of course because we believe that nobody should be homeless no one should have to sleep outside or in their car so we will always provide those emergency shelter beds but what's new for us and what we're really the most excited about is the new day center we'll be opening at this building and that's going to include like whatever resources you think you might need if you're facing a housing crisis or you're experiencing homelessness Mm. we're going to be bringing them in to the building and
0: offering them to our participants the biggest question i have is how do you find those folks pat how do you outreach you know and and uh, and intervene and help them
1: speaking to the participants or the providers who will be working with the participants participants
0: the actual clients yeah
1: Well, we're fortunate to have some really great partnerships throughout the city and the region that, you know, if someone is coming to, you know, the local municipality or another service organization to a local hospital, okay. um, they know that the services we provide, you know, will we'll get referrals all the time. If there's an organization or even a family member saying, I have, mm. you know, a cousin or a brother who doesn't have a place to stay. They'll send them to Father okay. Bill's place, and they'll call us in advance. Um, we'll really be doing utilizing those networks here, but instead of just, hey, does someone need a place to stay? Yeah. It's, oh, is someone maybe at risk of losing their housing right. next month? You know, or in a couple weeks, come to us, come to our day center, and we'll be able to connect them with the resources. Um, we'll have staff there to be able to connect them to you know the services that they need P- potentially you know sometimes it might be as simple as like one of our staff trying to work with family members or a tenant um I'm sorry a
0: landlord uh, I was gonna say a landlord yeah okay
1: yeah mediating in yes, a way and, and yeah. really when you know how to navigate the system and you know attendance rights and and I think that's very important sometimes people come to us and there's a lot of administrative bureaucratic um you know, stuff that goes yeah. into um yeah. a tendency and you know a seeking assistance to preserve your tendency and so that's what our team will be there is to, to sort of be the experts in those fields to help people either remain housed or if they become homeless try to get
0: them rehoused as quickly as possible yeah so part of the the, the equation really is to let these um uh, Social service agencies know that you're going to be providing this service now at the Yankee Housing Resource Center, right? Folks, I don't know, QCAP, Interfaith, um, um, v- Volunteers Southwest of America, Community Center, right? Yeah, um, yep. landlords, yes. um, attorneys, perhaps, uh, certainly, public safety agencies, right? Uh, let them all know that hey, if you uh, come in contact with somebody who's in this situation, well, the Bill's mainspring can help
1: yes absolutely and one of the things we're most excited about is that as part of this day center we're not offering just resources that address the direct housing crisis so that could be rental assistance um, if someone's maybe has a hoarding issue and that might be contributing to the issues with their landlord we'll be able to either connect them with some of the supports they need or we can directly help with that issue Mm -hmm. but we'll we're building out a whole calendar for the day center we've hired a full-time daytime services coordinator who's already building a schedule that will have a range of programs for people who are either staying at the shelter or or who just need a place to get some supports okay that could be anything from you know a a a banking class to help about starting accounts um resume building um and you know fun stuff like bingo or a movie night or um you know just recently at Father Bill's place we had a group come in and do um chair yoga (laughs) so stuff like that it's not just about the housing crisis connected to that usually some other factors you know like overall wellness Mm -hmm. and supports Mm -hmm. to help people kind of address some of the issues that may have contributed to their crisis in the first place okay
0: um let's talk a little bit about the health the human health center uh, that'll be located at the new resource center as well and what services they'll be providing
1: yeah well I'm I'm sure you visited the shelter and you've seen we currently operate a clinic um, in Boston neighborhood Health Center has done an amazing job they do great work um, you know in Boston and Beyond um, for individuals experiencing homelessness they've been operating essentially out of one small office for several decades now mm. and although it's provided a critical service, Mm -hmm. it's not the space we need to address some of the very complex medical needs that, um, you know, our guests and our participants have. So, Manit Community Health, we're thrilled, they're going to be the provider on site operating a new clinic. As soon as you walk into the main lobby to the left is the health clinic, it'll have its own separate entrance, so so someone who's coming just for the health services can go directly to Manit and obviously I'm sure you documented it here they've done just such great work over the years particularly during the pandemic yes. they really stepped up and if people hadn't heard about Manit before I'm sure they know about them now so we're very fortunate to be uh, partnering with them at the
0: Yaki Housing Resource Center will they be providing um, addiction treatment services Pat because I'm I'm, I'm sure you know that 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 part of the clientele is going to be dealing with that as well,
1: yeah, we'll definitely have behavioral health okay. services available on site i wouldn't want to speak I mean I know that they will be available, and I know that Manit does offer that service. Mm-hmm. they will be available on site, whether Manit will be providing it directly or we'll be having another provider okay and we do have we 've now hired our first time clinician who actually works for Father Bills and Mainspring who are, oh. and they 're going to be able to help with some of those issues as well okay. so And that's a really important point because whether it's a mental health or substance abuse um, issue that someone's dealing with um, we want to make sure again that it's not just the paying rent Mm -hmm. part Mm -hmm. that needs to be you know addressed but also what are some of the other issues that may have led
0: to the the crisis the whole person the holistic approach right Um, to to improve their quality of life and give them a like to stand on going to the future right exactly yeah uh 30 of the units as I understand are dedicated solely for veterans
1: um so there are 30 housing units Mm -hmm. so if you look at the building I don't know I prov- maybe if the photo can yeah we can up, bring up yeah, the yeah.
0: rendering of actually it's a, it's a real photo right it's not a rendering it's the it's photo it's What yeah. it actually looks like now yeah um
1: so the build, the first building on the left which was phase one is the actual housing resource center and our emergency shelter beds okay uh the second building so if you're looking at the photo to the right um is our housing building okay. and that contains 30 permanent supportive housing efficiency apartments total total separately not reserved for veterans or just really for the most vulnerable those you know 30 percent of our population that come in are considered chronically homeless so staying for a year or more whereas the vast majority of people come to us maybe need to stay for a few weeks or a few months Um, our housing which we have over 700 units across the region including a couple hundred in quincy is really meant for those who have been homeless for over a year and um you know th- that when they find stable housing we can provide that case management support to help them address some of those issues and help them um, remain housed okay All right. so that second building really is going to be completely separate and um separate from the housing that's their home that's their home that is their home yeah Yeah. okay their own efficiency apartment with a kitchenette and bathroom and all that Um, they're beautiful units Mm. we've built a few um, projects over the years with this model of the efficiency units and um it's great because ultimately like the the whole point of our service is not to provide the emergency overnight service it's to provide that path home and for us to be able to do it for our most vulnerable residents those who really are struggling
0: um is really why we do this work these are the folks that we see in Quincy every day right uh, that are experiencing chronic homelessness this is this is their home if you will um now they have a roof over their head
1: yes and you know sometimes you know the reason why someone might be experiencing homelessness for a long time is because um it it can sometimes be difficult to transition to something that is a bit more stable Mm -hmm um you know whether it's coming to the shelter there are reservations there or living in housing that is a huge adjustment if you've been living on the streets or in a shelter environment for years um and we've worked with individuals who maybe that first night they didn't even want to spend it in their apartment and that's why our permanent supportive housing is about case management okay our staff being involved and um, we have a great success rate. 93% uh, of our tenants across our 700 units stay housed for at least three years. That's great. So this housing first model works. We're, we're ending homelessness by you know, looking at the most vulnerable who come to our shelters and utilize the most emergency services. Mm-hmm. And that can include detoxes or mm-hmm. emergency rooms, um, helping those people become stably housed over the long term with our supports
0: there is a section though for veterans is there not in the new resource center yes there'll
1: be respite beds and we're really excited about those as well and some of those will be we've been partnering with the we we are partnering with the va to provide some of those beds to veterans and um the respite model is something that we started at our brockton shelter a few years back and it really i believe we believe as an agency is going to um, just continue to grow as part of our services because we believe that homelessness—it's um, a healthcare issue—and um, not only do the healthcare experts say that, but like a lot of the studies that have looked at public health costs for people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, what is the best way to address? Um, the services to support that person but also to bring down the health care costs right. yeah. and um, stable housing has been proven to help the person and bring down the health care costs sure so if you are having surgery or maybe you're going through chemotherapy but you're homeless you know where do you go right in a crowded sort of shelter environment congregate setting not ideal you need a visiting nurse to come Uh, check up on you Mm -hmm. and so these respite beds are really more private they're set off they have the space so a visiting nurse could come Um, and you know ultimately like we've all had you know when you have a medical issue the recovery is so important to getting back to your life so for those who are experiencing homelessness they deserve that same recovery as well so that's why we're really excited about these beds yeah, just
0: keep them off the streets keep them out of the emergency rooms right exactly <laughs> exactly yep. um there was a s- service held not too long ago over at the uh, church presidents tell me about that yeah thanks for mentioning
1: that um it's really special for our staff uh we hadn't had a service like this since 2019 before the pandemic mm-hmm um it was a memorial service to really honor the lives of our guests uh in the quincy area who have passed away in recent years you no. um you know sadly s- some of the participants who come to us um you know uh they may have been disconnected from family or friends and so uh many times the staff at father bills um can start to become like family in their closest social connections so um you know those bonds are built and um, you know, so when those individuals pass away, it's really a challenging time for our staff. Sure, and I think to uh, you know, this is yeah, uh, Reverend Froom, and that's our senior program director, John Lanham, speaking at the service. Okay, there were about um, forty-five individuals who had passed away in the Quincy area in recent years, whether they were shelter guests or housing tenants and uh, you know there's Pastor Alyssa who has been such a strong supporter of our mission and the entire Quincy Interfaith Network Mm. this was an opportunity for us to honor those lives because their lives matter Mm -hmm. and um, you know it and you know I think it's important to you know there were friends and family members of those participants who attended as well and this was an opportunity to uh, highlight their lives and what made them unique
0: they probably didn't have a proper funeral right they yeah and if they
1: did you know it maybe it wasn't something that our staff had a chance to participate okay, in all right yeah um, just say goodbye. especially during the pandemic I remember them yeah yeah so um, m- 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 to kind of bring it back to the housing first yeah. model I mean when someone gets housing and they find some stability it's not just about the key and the bedroom, and the kitchen, and the bathroom. That's all really important stuff, and you know, we believe that everybody deserves that, those basic services, um, those basic amenities in their life. But a path home, really, to us is about um, you know, finding new hobbies. Mm-hmm um getting back to work or, can, or or advancing your career if you're already working and you want to advance your career and reconnecting with family we found that some of these participants we were honoring yep. maybe hadn't been in touch with family members for months or years yes yeah they came to our shelter they got sober if they were dealing with the uh, an issue and they
0: got housed and they were able to reconnect with family yeah one of the speakers at your recent ribbon cutting uh, talked about uh, the impact father bills had on on her brother and and just that how it uh, helped him reconnect uh, with his family and we have a picture I think of the ribbon cutting um, yeah. that we go like to show folks and uh, give you a sense for you know the festivities that mm-hmm. took place that day although I think it was held just because <laughs> he wanted to avoid summer vacations right <laughs> yeah I mean you know when you hold a ribbon
1: cutting it's usually traditionally to open the doors right. for the building but knowing that a lot of people take vacations and the summer can get busy we yeah. wanted to celebrate uh in mid-June and yeah June 15th you'll see there we had a great turnout um, yeah, Debbie Griffin, who's in the yellow in, in that photo, uh, she's a Quincy resident. Her yeah. brother, the late Danny Connolly, was a, a guest at Father Bill's and then was housed through Father Bill's, through our permanent supportive housing. And Danny has such a powerful story. He really found out through his stay at Father Bill's that he had a love for cooking, mm-hmm. and that became a passion for him. He started volunteering his time and on holidays to cook for the guests. Yeah. I mean, that's really giving it back. You know, you've received services and you want to give it back that's to right. those so who are still using them. Yep. Um, and so she did such a beautiful job. I don't think there were many people who were able to keep a dry eye while she was speaking. So that's what this is all about. This is about reconnecting with um, your community and your family. And, and housing can play such an important role in that.
0: We look forward to the opening in october pat and i know that you're um, working on a similar model down in brockton as well so it's start it's already starting you're setting the trends so thanks for the update appreciate it thank you qatv and, and you
1: yourself have always been so supportive of our mission and helping us get the message out there so we we really appreciate it you're very welcome